We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 3rd edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. With me today, like every Tuesday, for the, as he says, the most important podcast you'll listen to all week, Jake Latarski. Um, Jake, before we get to the uh, free agents, um, a lot of betters had a very interesting ending on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. With that uh, meaningless Chiefs special teams touchdown at the end, fumbled kickoff, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, they always try to throw the ball around and very rarely does it ever work. I don't remember something crazy like that working since the longest yard movie remake or, or maybe Cal <laughs> Stanford, but it just doesn't work. And man, a lot of uh, I'm sure a lot of coffee tables got flipped over last night. Uh, that's for sure, because not only was there a backdoor cover of the spread where the Chiefs were about seven point favorites, uh, I was looking at an over under of 47 and a half and that pushed the over. I did hear on the radio on the way into the office today, some people were working with an over under about 49. So them not kicking the extra point actually hurt them and pushed. But uh, man, crazy night for gambling. Crazy night is right. Yeah. My only regret is that Al Michaels was not on that call to talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. He would have made things. Yep. He's definitely not shy about that. That's for sure. All right, everybody, we're going to thank Fanball for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Check them out now, fanball.com. Um, on Twitter, Jake is at jakeski52. I'm at jhelpin37. You can also catch us at Rotowire or follow our news feed about the NFL at Rotowire NFL. Um, we finally got buys, Jake. Yes, we do. Woo! All right, now it becomes interesting. <laughs> this is when the, the people who pay attention are going to start to do better than, than their disinterested counterparts. Bye week is... Falcons, Broncos, Saints, and Redskins. And that takes me to quarterback right away because we're going to have no Drew Brees, no Matt Ryan, and no Kirk Cousins, who has not been great, but he still fits as a, let's say, a QB1 in most formats. Um, (laughs) What are you looking at? First of all, 
who are you dropping at this point? Yeah, you know, the drop candidates were tough in this one because bye weeks are coming up and there are injuries. I mean, Derek Carr is someone I guess you have to think about because he wasn't spectacular over the first four weeks. And now he's going to miss two to six weeks with, uh, you know, what, what's literally a broken back. I mean, it's a small fracture in, in a vertebrae, I believe, you know, and, and I'll say this a couple of times, a few degrees shy of uh, of uh, my medical degree. But uh, I mean, <laughs> sorry, a few classes shy of my medical degree here, but uh a broken back doesn't sound good in any way, shape or form. So that, that makes things really, it makes it tough to hang on to him. I own him in a league where my other guy is Tyrod Taylor. I'm going to try to weather the bye week slash injury storm with Carr. Right. Chances are I'm going to cut him for somebody else. Eventually. I, I shouldn't kid myself here. Okay. Yeah. And we don't know a uh, car. I mean, the, the report is two to six weeks. So we, this is a wild mm-hmm. card here. Um, yep. And as you said, I agree. He, he hasn't been good enough so that you're dying to hang on to him. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it. And uh, some other guys, you know, uh, some guys that are being dropped a lot. Trevor Simeon, Jake Cutler, Cutler. I don't know, man. He, he had a really rough week again against the defense that's not supposed to be very good. Uh, and he's got all the weapons in the world, but he's not really cutting it so far. And then uh, and then we've got Trevor Simeon. I mean, he, he's decent, but he's another one of those rotating guys who you stream with. So, you know, it, it very much depends on the matchup for me. And uh, let's see, who do they got next week? They, the have, they are home for the someone decent. They're home for the Titans. Okay. Oh, oh the the, uh, the Dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins yeah, are. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the Dolphins are home for the Titans. And the Titans have actually given up the second most points to uh, opposing fantasy quarterbacks. But again, it's just a four-week sample size. I, I wouldn't look into that too far. So, uh, yeah, not getting excited about any of those guys I listed off. So those are potential drop candidates if uh, it does come up. Did you happen to see the Cutler, um, the, what Cutler did when they did the Wildcat? Was that was that the one where he just stood there oh. and, and didn't do anything or block anyone or nothing? Hands on his hips, standing out wide to the right. The play, the ball was snapped. They ran to the left. He he did not literally did not move a muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's awesome. Who knows? Maybe Adam Gase told him not to move because you know who knows how much a quarterback might risk go ahead and getting uh, getting injured if they if they go out and try to do too much and you know that means the team's stuck with Matt Moore who I mean at this point he can't get a whole lot worse than Cutler but probably not what Adam Gase wants right um all right so pickups uh we've been talking about Deshaun Jackson for a couple of weeks you're in now mm-hmm. well Deshaun Watson Deshaun Jackson yeah I got you but no Deshaun Watson he had a big enough game against uh, the Titans and part of the reason you know I mentioned they were being you know second most points allowed to uh, opposing fantasy quarterbacks is because Deshaun Watson put up something ridiculous like 35 fantasy points and he's only 34% owned so there's a, a two out of three chance that he's available if you go to take a look at him and if you were relying on Derek Carr or if you're streaming you know week to week Deshaun Jackson is all of a sudden you know I, I believe it now the rushing does enough I was hesitant at first I'm always hesitant with the rookie quarterback but, I, but I'm sold enough that he's worth an ad for me this week yeah I, I actually saw when I was watching the beginning of that game they showed a PFF stat that said he's 20% of his dropbacks. He's, he's run, which is <laughs> fine with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, good it's good that. for fantasy owners. I don't know if that's sustainable for long-term success in the NFL. You know, of course they always want you to lean to be more of a pocket passer and, and be a little bit more disciplined than that. But, uh, but for now that's going to work for fantasy owners just fine. Absolutely. Um, next up, uh, Jared Goff's for real. I mean, his he didn't have a huge day against the Cowboys, but it was solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean the it's Seahawks respectable enough this week. 
Yeah, that's going to be a tough one this week, even with buys coming up. So, you know, that's more of someone that, you know, he should definitely – he's probably owned in your two-quarterback league already. But, you know, someone that, that, you, that you consider – whoops. Uh, someone that you can consider uh, moving forward there. Right. Okay. Um, it, the Bears are making a switch. Uh, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky taking over for Glennon, but they've got the, the Vikings at home in week five. Um, the good thing about Trubisky is he does – he's mobile. So you th- and plus you think with a rookie quarterback, you know, he's he's going to be you would think he'd be impatient, which, again, for fantasy owners, that could come in handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trubisky's was a tough one. I put him on here. He could just as easily fall in, in, the, in that two quarterback league section where we just kind of housekeep who's starting for the week because, man, the. These autoplay ads, man, I keep getting me when I sift through box scores. I can't help it. But uh, um, but anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah, Trubisky, what I was going to say about him is that his lack of weapons concerns me a little bit. Yeah, they're going to have a decent running back, and he does have Tarek Cohen to dump the ball off to. Cohen can get upfield a little bit, but none of those receivers scare me. None of those tight ends really scare me, and, and he's going to have to do a lot on his own, and I, I'm not necessarily sure that that's going to be uh, ideal for his fantasy production. I mean, you know, not that he'll press, but – He's going to have to do a lot. He's expected to, you know, turn this around a little bit and save a lot of coaches on that staff's job. And that's a lot to ask of a rookie quarterback with I mean, he only played that one season in college and and then and and now he just doesn't have a whole lot of talent on offense to work with. So I'm a little concerned about jumping in and adding him in the fantasy league. All right. Um, The guys we talked about, by the way, Deshaun Watson, 34 percent owned on Yahoo, actually 35 percent owned on Yahoo right now. Mm-hmm. Um, who was who the other one? Jared Goff, sorry, 23%. Yep. Guys, I want to mention two guys facing each other who are under 50, um, but not by mm-hmm. a lot. Andy Dalton at 47% and uh, Tyrod Taylor at 45%. And that game, Buffalo is at Cincinnati this week. The Bills' defense has been very good. As good as Dalton was in, in week four, the Bills' defense is, is, mm-hmm. is, is a little bit of a daunting proposition at this point. Yeah, I mean, Dalton was superb in week four statistically against the Browns. Uh, just a kind of a reminder that it is the Browns afterwards, and I don't think that's quite enough. A good performance against the Browns isn't quite enough to make me forget completely about him failing to even score a touchdown the first two weeks and then, you know, being kept in check by, by a Packers defense that's got a lot of young players out there in the secondary. So I'm not necessarily sold on Dalton yet. I think he's been in our drop candidate section before, and I'm not running out to add him back. All right. Um, you talked about the two QB leagues. Um, EJ Manuel starts for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's Carr's backup, so there there are formats out there where you may consider owning EJ Manuel. Um, not crazy about it, of course. He's someone that you know. I forget which analyst said this, but they made a good point when uh, he's someone that comes in and can, and can finish a game for you, but he's not necessarily the type of quarterback you want to lean on to start games for you and win. So that, it puts the Raiders in a tough position. It also puts the Raiders fantasy wide receivers in a very tough position. They've been off to a slow start anyway, and now they get a big downgrade at quarterback. So uh, you know, just mostly housekeeping, bringing Manuel up. Right. Um, the other guy I wanted to mention, Jacoby Brissett, who. Another one. I mean, he's not spectacular by any means, but he can run pretty well. I mean, this week, past week, I mean, the numbers weren't great, three for 33. But but I think when I was talking to uh, Mario Puig last week, he talked about watching the film and saying that Brissett, he likes Brissett because he runs like a running back. Like some mm-hmm. some quarterbacks are good running quarterbacks, but the way he put it was that Brissett runs like a he, he runs like a running back and he can shed tacklers and things like that. Brissett's got the Niners at home. Any interest? <laughs> 
that makes an interesting one-week stream option. Not probably hanging on to him too much. Yeah. I know Andrew Luck's starting to get back to practice, so uh, maybe if you're if you're shooting for a DFS tournament lineup or or really need just a one-week fill-in, I could see it. I mean, he had a rough day against Seattle. It, it is Seattle. He was actually looking good early, keeping them in the game, and then Seattle kind of went on that real big run, and 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 that was it for Brissett. But he's 16 for 29, only 5.4 yards per attempt uh, in that game in particular. So you know, I'm not I'm not going crazy for him. Maybe for this week and and this week only because we've seen a lot of offenses put up points on the 49ers but then again luck's return is going to be around the corner right all right most of you've tried daily fantasy sports games uh jake was just talking about maybe Brissett and dfs um we know how it went you had fun playing you loved competition but you lost you lost too much because you know the sharks and the were, were just you know crushing you which happens sometimes and some of you quit playing but Playing Daily Fantasy is supposed to be fun, and we're here to tell you about a whole new approach to Daily Fantasy Sports, the Fanball number at Fanball.com. Here's the Fanball difference. Your Fanball number identifies your skill level, and it ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. Let's say your Fanball number is 35. You're not going to be playing against experts rated in the 80s and 90s because they have their own contests. At Fanball.com, every player has a Fanball number, and every contest has a Fanball number, so you can find a contest rated around that 35 and know that it'll have players in it just like you. They've leveled the playing field with the Fanball number at Fanball.com. Have more fun and a better chance to win. Again, Fanball.com. All right, we're going to move to running backs. Um, who are you ditching besides Adrian Peterson, who is, I think the Saints might ditch him before fantasy owners do. Yeah, it's quite possible. Of course, Chris Carson can go, has a broken lower leg. Delvin Cook, a really unfortunate a really unfortunate injury for fantasy owners, has that uh, torn ACL. So that's that's a rough break. Adrian Peterson getting less carries and touches than both Kamara and Ingram. And, of course, there's the uh, the issues with Sean Payton that uh, – at least you you perceive those issues so he's probably someone that's not going to be running up the pecking order soon but hey i mean we thought the same thing with legarrett blunt and eddie lacy but all of a sudden injuries have thrust those guys back into prominence so of course because i say adrian peterson you know something will happen fluky with the saints this week but he's someone that can probably go if you're still hanging on to him based on name recognition and then paul perkins man He's someone I really thought was going to come through, but this whole, the ineptitude of the entire Giants team, the terrible vanilla play calling, and their lack of any kind of improvement in the offensive line from last year have really been a detriment to Paul Perkins' fantasy value, and his job's going to be on the line within the organization, should already probably be gone from your fantasy teams, unless you're in a pretty deeper league. He, Those guys that I touted a lot in the preseason still have a little bit of a place in my heart, so I, I'm saving Paul Perkins in a couple formats where I have him in cheap prices. But, uh, you know, I'm not counting on him, and I'm definitely not starting him. All right. Hey, do you hear the hammering right now? This is the ongoing saga, everybody, of the house being built next door to me. Oh, man, I can't hear the hammering, so I think you're all right. All right. Good. Hammering and autoplay ads have been the bane of us today, but we're going to get through this, and we're going to get through this running back section, John. Yes. So many good names to talk about. It's a big week for running backs. It is. All right, so so the, the other guys I want to mention on the drop list, um, Doug Martin actually said, Doug Martin's back this week for the Bucks. They play Thursday night against the Patriots. Martin said, I don't know what's going to happen with my role this Thursday, but where are you on Jacquez Rogers? He finally had a decent game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Jacuz Rogers, all right, um, but and I mentioned dropping him possibly with Martin coming back, but if you can afford it, and I know it's tough with bye weeks, this could be a situation just where you wait a game to see how the carries distribute. Maybe consider some starting someone other than Rogers if you're starting him, and uh, and then and then taking a wait and see and see what happens here because uh, I mean. 
Martin has had a little bit of turmoil tension with with that Buccaneers organization here, and and maybe he doesn't jump out to be the feature back out of the gates. That's an entirely possible. So uh, wait and see is probably the best ap- approach if you can afford to do so. Okay, who's your, who's your who are you targeting as pickups? We got a lot of options here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest one for me has got to be Latavius Murray because there's so much of a okay. Delvin Cook is out with the torn ACL in steps Latavius Murray. Now, Jarek McKinnon is going to be around and he's might have some kind of role, change of pace, third down McKinnon now probably elevates to one of those guys that has a, is a pretty safe six to eight points in your PPR formats, but can be ignored in standard formats. Uh, but Latavius Murray on this Vikings team with, uh, you know, it's been a lot of quarterback turnaround so far, but the one constant is they do like to run the ball. Uh, Latavius Murray, you know, they signed him to a pretty good free agent deal. Uh, you know, they wouldn't, of course, commit to him. I believe they committed, uh, I mean, not 20 million in guarantee because we know how NFL contracts are. But uh, the Vikings committed to him uh, for a decent commitment. And uh, without Delvin Cook around, Murray becomes the guy. He would be my top target in, on the waiver wire. I, I mean, there are leagues where I'm desperate for running backs where I'll probably be bidding in the upper 30s to early 40s uh, on Latavius Murray uh, because you're, you're locking in a starter. And that's rare to find in fantasy. You, you are. You see, see, I'm skeptical of him just because I don't think he's that good. I mm. see the opportunity. I'm not sure that I see the the talent at this point. And he says his ankle's still, you know, it's a little sore from the surgery and all that. I don't know. I I have a hard mm-hmm. time believing in him, but maybe that's because I'm a Jarek McKinnon truther. So. Yeah, I mean, his second year with Oakland when he did play 16 games, I mean, he averaged four yards per carry for two years in a row. I know that's not great. He averaged 5.2 in his rookie season. He has put up numbers before in 2015 over a thousand yards and 2016 12 touchdowns and now that he has a same if not better opportunity there are always a couple backs waiting in the wings in Oakland I think he can get that type of production and and that it's so rare and it's so tough with the running back position given all of these busts that we've talked about already so he probably becomes my top ad but we're going to discuss a couple other backup bids of guys that I really like as well and that you can help cushion your, your Murray bid with all right um Right now, the Packers situation, Ty Montgomery actually said Monday night on his radio show that he has multiple broken ribs. He didn't say he's not going to play this week, but he said he has multiple broken ribs. Uh, Jamal Mm -hmm. Williams out. What what do we do here? Yeah, this is a real tough situation. He's got the broken ribs, hasn't been ruled out for week five. He'll probably... You know, it's possible he goes out there with some kind of flak jacket on and toughs it out. He's a tough guy. You know, maybe maybe that happens. Uh, You mentioned Jamal Williams. He's got a knee sprain. It's only going to be a one week deal. Um, So Aaron Jones is going to have a spot on the waiver wire this week. He's going to be picked up. um, But now that we have more injury details on the other two Packers running back options, I'm not as excited about Aaron Jones as a fantasy guy as I was kind of later on Thursday night, Friday. Um, in Thursday night's game against Chicago, 13 carries for 49 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. Uh, he scored a short touchdown that was set up by a big Jordy Nelson catch. Uh, Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of love on a lot of shows, a lot of columns this week. But at 5'9", 208, 210 pounds, uh, he, you know, he's not he's not a real big guy. So the workload that he'll be able to carry is, isn't that great? And he's got average speed for someone his, his size, you know, stressing the average. He ran a four, five, six, 40 yard dash at the combine. However, he does rate good to lead in, in some of those other uh, combine numbers with the, with a odd low rating bench press. So uh, athletically, he's there 
physically, I don't know if he'll be able to hold up, you know, 15, 20 get, carries a game if he even gets the opportunity to do so because those other backs are going to be healthy as uh, sooner rather than later. So, yeah, maybe throw a buck or two on on um, on Aaron Jones. The, or they head to Dallas in week five, you know, average matchup here. I know Dallas, the linebacking core was tough when they didn't have Sean Lee last week. So Jones is on the radar, but he's not someone that, I'm betting bidding a ton of waiver wire money on me on because it's just it's a short term fix. Uh, it, it's more of a patch, and I'm going to let somebody else bid a little more on him. All right, um, Seahawks. You mentioned Carson. Um, okay, so weirdly, okay, he, here's what happened with them the other night. Procise was out because he had a hurt ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rawls was a healthy scratch. Lacey was the backup. Came in, actually played somewhat well. Mm-hmm. J.D. McKissick got a touchdown. Looked, he's a little guy. Looked good. The other one, the thing is, Pete Carroll on Monday kind of hinted that Thomas Rawls, might, yeah, he said something to the effect of, you know, it might be a good time to, for Thomas to jump back in. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, if he was going to jump back in, why was Lacey active and Rawls not? So, so what do we do with this? This is, this is extremely murky because we got four names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this gets uh, to be a very weird situation. I believe Rawls is going to kind of factor in. He said something along those lines. But, uh, I mean, right after being a healthy scratch, I I don't know how much I necessarily buy that. Um, I think Procease has some... Uh, some value in PPR formats, kind of similar to someone like Jarek McKinnon, you know, a six to eight floor if he gets the snaps, which he, of course, he hasn't had yet. But J.D. McKissick just looked, he looked good and athletic. And now there's going to be film on him. So other teams will know to prepare a little bit for what he can bring to the table when he's in the game. That's potentially a hindrance. But I can't ignore a 30-yard touchdown run and a 27-yard touchdown catch. And although Lacey ran pretty well, I, I I'm not necessarily... Sure, I trust him to get, you know, 200 carries or something along those lines this year. I just don't think they're going to give him the ball as much, especially if they, this McKissick guy can keep it up. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm confused on this one. I've been a pro site. I still have pro site stashed in some places. Mm-hmm. But and I think that's that, that's very advisable. I, I don't think you can cut him now, given the situation. Right. Um, Alvin Kamara, this under 50% owned, caught 10 passes Sunday. And as I said to Derek Monday morning, he just looks good. And he's not a little guy either. You think of the pass catcher. And I, and I made a comment about mm-hmm. how I compared him to Darren Sproles. I said physically he's yeah. not Darren Sproles, but he's got that quickness and the Saints like that pass catching guy out of the backfield, even though Ingram catches passes too. But yeah. Kamara, he's a big enough guy. He looks explosive when you mm-hmm. watch him. Um, how interested are you after? I mean, any guy, anytime a guy catches 10 passes for PPR owners, you got to really take notice. Yeah, and that's why I think it's 46% because in PPR, he's probably snatched up. Uh, in standard, he might not be. Uh, so that's that, that'll change a little bit because I think he's starting to get some of that crossover appeal uh, just because of the usage here. And and I know a lot of people have mentioned Sproles, like you said here, but I think the better comparison maybe is almost Reggie Bush in a Sean Payton offense, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at least a- a- athletically. So uh, he needs to be in consideration. And I know you probably got to be in a little bit of a shallower league to find him available. Um, I checked and He's not available in any of my four, you know, higher stakes ones. So uh, he's not he's not super around, but it's worth a check just to see if he's there, because heading into bye week, someone that can get that type of pass catching ability in your lineup every week is definitely an asset. All right. um, Let's go on to the Jets. Elijah McGuire, still three percent owned on Yahoo. Now he let's see, 33. 93 yards and a touchdown on 10 carries. And again, the guy, you look at him and you go, wow, he looks pretty good. However, here's the conversation Derek and I had Monday morning. 
when Matt Forte comes back, and Bilal Powell's still there and ran well, you know, it was sort of McGuire got enough carries as the sidekick there. When Matt Forte mm-hmm. comes back, do you trust the Jets enough to not use Matt Forte to muck this up? We, we both agreed that we don't. Yeah, I mean, especially they're two and two now. They're better than everyone predicted. They right. might have, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I can hardly say that with a straight face here in front of my computer. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, for that reason is why I put Elijah McGuire down further towards the bottom of my list. I mean, Belial Powell, I think, is better. He also had a very, very big game uh, Sunday, but, you know, a better game. But Elijah McGuire did enough to turn heads. I think when Forte comes back that, uh, you know, that might uh you know, that'll slow down quite a bit. So, uh, you know, not overly excited, but, you know, there is a one or two dollar backup bid appeal uh, in case, you know, people just slept on him. All right. Um, Ravens, Alex Collins, weirdly went nine for 82 for two consecutive games. Mm-hmm. Um, he fumbled again. Yep. What, I, I don't trust him because they still used West some. Um, they still have Buck. I mean, I don't know. I, I think Alex, mm-hmm. he's sort of somewhat interesting, but their line's been struggling. Their offense is bad. Yeah. And there's three guys. Like, so I look at a team and I go, when I look at Kamara, I go, well, there's two guys there because Peterson's basically mm-hmm. out of the picture. When I look at the Ravens, I say, there's three guys there and the offense is bad and this is a problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Collins has basically hit his ceiling in back-to-back weeks. And we'll see if there has at all to go back to him after that fumble or not. Uh, you know, some, something to watch for. I feel like we should mention him because we mentioned him a bunch of times. But it's always in the context of hold your horses. Yeah, he, he might find his way, uh, you know, up on rushing yardage lists. But I don't think he's going to be making a huge splash in, in too many fantasy communities over the next coming weeks. Okay. Um, next guy up, a guy I think we talked about last week, Andre Ellington. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Ellington is, let's see, he is 25% owned. So people picked him up last week. Um, he, he's not, he's too small to be a feature back. He is shown to be brittle. Let's put it that way. But last week, you know, he caught nine passes in a game that was close. So it's not like they were dumping the, you know, when they were behind, um, he'll get a handful of carries. He's a guy who until David Johnson's back, which might not be at all. I mean, you could be looking at a dozen touches per game here, which is not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I actually, in the league where I had David Johnson, I actually started Andre Ellington to some success. And it could have been a bigger day because he had a, a touchdown catch, which was very, very close. I was pretty surprised it got overturned, actually. Uh, it was a very athletic kind of out route um, where he kind of laid out to get the ball. Um, and then And then it was kind of propped out by the ground i guess you could say uh, you know some of those plays mixed together from sunday but anyway could have even been a bigger day for andre ellington he was on the field for 46 offensive snaps this week 49 the week before only carried the ball five times for 18 yards he's never going to get a ton of carries there but that pass catching ability like kamara uh you know i think he actually has i would put i would put Ellington above, you know, the Jarek McKinnon, maybe even proceeds type. If you're looking for that kind of six to 10 points in PPR every week, because yeah, he's someone that they'll go to when they get behind or even when they're in a tight game, 14 targets. He led the whole team. Exactly. Um, last one, we talked about Paul Perkins, Wayne Gallman, you know, he was, uh, uh, he got his first action of the year and he actually was pretty solid. I mean, you know, the touchdown is fluky, maybe a little bit, but 11 for 42. I mean, for the giants, that's like running for 200 yards. 
I would have taken that from Perkins in any of the weeks that I or that I started him earlier in the year, and that does start to be a little bit concerning for me. Uh, the way that that he ran, and of course Shane Vereen's always in the mix, or Stark was in the mix. I'd probably just stay away from this Giants backfield for the most part until they can actually win a game or show some semblance of moving the ball. But uh, you know, and and they have a little bit since Odell Beckham came back. But but overall, I mean, I, I'm not. I can't get too excited about Gallman. All right. So of all these running backs. Give me your top three. I'm going to put Murray at number one because of the opportunity. Um, Kamara at two, if I can count him. I know he's close to 50% owned. And then three would be McKissick with uh, Jones on the outside looking in, which is not something you're going to hear in a lot of places this week. Okay. The one other guy I want to look at that we we talked about, but we're not sure what he's going to. Thomas Rawls is at 30% ownership. If you're buying in, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, you could, it's possible. Um, yeah, he's out there. Him. Right. Certainly. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Okay. Let's go on to wide receiver. Um, drop guy. We got a lot of drop potentials here, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are quite a few guys that uh, are... are possibly on the chopping block uh you know looking at the most drops in yahoo formats jj nelson finds his way up there especially after jerron brown gets 12 targets they've they've got john brown back it's very crowded i still i still don't mind owning jj nelson near the bottom of your bench maybe a low-end flex but in most formats i think you can probably let go I don't know. Pierre Garçon's a guy that comes up. That's only because Aldrick Robinson had 12 targets and Trent Taylor had 10. Not interested in any of those guys. I probably hold Garçon if you can for a while. Marquise Lee's getting cut in a lot of places. I think you can cut him in standard, but not PPR because he does give you a pretty standard or a pretty solid group. Uh, and then Mohamed Sanu's hurt now. He was a fringe guy anyway. You can probably let him go. Uh, Jermaine Curse not really consistent enough. Doesn't really have a, a ton of big play upside uh, for that team. So uh, those are a couple guys that are going to be on your chopping block just in case. Okay. Um, other guys, I was uh, Jordan Matthews is getting thumb surgery. If you still had him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, no dice. Marvin Jones. Nothing doing with Marvin Jones. I was actually look. I, I gr- drafted him in a few places, thinking that he was being underrated, and he's. It's just not happening, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean he did technically lead him in receiving yards against the tough Viking secondary. But again, that's just two for 42 yards, five targets. So he's getting targeted the same amount of times. TJ Jones, Golden Tate, um, you know, roughly Ebron and Abdullah. I could see dropping him at this point. He doesn't give you the the giant big play upside that he showed flashes of last year. All right. Um, Kenny Britt, Hugh Jackson basically suggested that 
if there if all his other receivers weren't hurt, he would he probably would have benched Kenny Britt, which mm-hmm. is a bad sign. If you own Kenny Britt, I think we think the you you can sell your Kenny Britt stock for a penny on the dollar at this point. I think. Yeah, you you can probably get rid of it. I mean, he's had. I was always confused about this Brown sign. He's you know he's had issues with various coaching regimes in the past and and some off the field stuff. And so you're going to put him in a team that's going to struggle to win one or two games even this year. I just that's not a good situation for him. And the Browns as an organization are probably better off seeing what they got out of you know Ricardo Lewis. They're going to give apparently they're going to keep giving Duke Johnson double digit targets. Right. Uh, spread some of that to to their young other young players here. So, yeah, I agree with you and that Kenny Britt can probably uh we, we can say goodbye. Last one I want to talk about is Brandon Marshall. No, no, look, the last two weeks I'm I'm a big volume guy. So he plays tons of snaps. Last two weeks he's got 14 catches, 14 for 112. He's basically become a possession guy, it looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, not- still I mean PPRs I guess cuz he catches so many passes, but if you're in a standard you probably drafted him in the fifth or sixth round, and he's your, you know, some people drafted him as their second receiver, maybe third. But you look at mm-hmm. him now, you go, is this it? Is this what I'm going to get? Yeah, I, and it's looking like it. And at the very least, uh, the the double-digit target volume should be there. So that gives him some value in most formats. Just because, uh, I mean, from what we've seen so far, the Giants aren't going to be jumping out ahead of any opponents so far this year. They're either going to be playing from behind or playing in close games. So a guy like him has value in their offense. In a standard fantasy format, it's going to be really tough to start. So I do see where you're coming from, John. All right. Uh, now the pickups. Um, we talked about Devin Funches last week, didn't we? Yes, we did. As uh, it was, it was thin on wide receivers, but you know the the Funches talk was mostly motivated by Greg Olson being out and Kelvin Benjamin being a little bit banged up. Um, but Funches had an excellent week, and you know there's a chance that maybe this can continue. I mean, Cam Newton snapped out of what was a rough game against the Saints, and I mean the Patriots are giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks right now. But Funches led the way with nine targets. Uh, the second most was the running back, quit Christian McCaffrey with mm-hmm. six, and then you got Calvin Benjamin. He had the biggest uh, day in terms of yardage, four catches for 104 yards, but he was only targeted four times. Uh, so Funches got twice as many targets. And I certainly think that's worth noting. Funches has gotten love and recognition in fantasy circles before, but he's always fell short of expectations. But with a few years of experience under his belt, same coach, same quarterback, uh, maybe it's time for uh, that. You know, that, that some studies have been done on this third year wide receiver. Right. Maybe it's his time. Maybe it is. And he, I mean, last three weeks, 25 targets, 15 for 196 and he scored those two touchdowns on Sunday. He he seems to be a especially with Olsen out, he seems to be a pretty uh featured cog in the Panthers passing game. I know they like to run a lot, but uh I, I yeah, I think I think the floor is nice on Funches right now. Yeah. And at 6'4, 225, he seems like a pretty solid red zone target too. He does. Um all right, what else? So so Will Fuller has a big return, at least fantasy wise. I mean the yardage wasn't great, but two touchdowns. I'll take mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I will absolutely take that from him. And I think that puts him right back on the fantasy radar. There are a lot of those aforementioned drop guys that I would drop in in favor of Will Fuller. Now, second year in the league, different quarterback than what he worked with in his first year, of course. But uh, he did spend some time working with Deshaun Watson while even while he was rehabbing that collarbone injury. And it's pretty clear now that he looks healthy. So he needs to he probably needs to be one of your top ads this week in terms of wide receiver depth and and you're always looking to improve that last bench spot. And I've seen a lot of fantasy rosters where Will, Will Fuller is much better than that final bench spot. So definitely give him a look. All right. So we talked about the Cardinals earlier with Jaron Brown. He um, mm-hmm. he got a lot of targets. 
we think he's probably the second best receiver they have. And that's a team that Carson Palmer is leading the league in pass attempts by a significant margin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the volume Johnson, I mean, seems to yep. be there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely forced to do that. And I'm not going to argue with that kind of volume and, and 12 targets. That was the most among wide receivers. John Brown had seven. J.J. Nelson had four. Larry Fitzgerald had seven. He was the only pass catching option to score a touchdown there. And of course, Ellington's 14 that we discussed earlier. Um, he needs to be in consideration. I mean, he, he scored 18 points in PPR without finding the end zone. That certainly makes things worth it. He should probably be owned. I would probably, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have thought this at the beginning of the year or last year at any point, but Jerron is probably the Brown to own in Arizona. Yep, I, I agree with that. And last three weeks, 29 targets, everybody. And, and, mm-hmm. and like we said, Carson Palmer is throwing a lot. Yep. You know, he can't throw everything to Fitz. Um, and 7% ownership for John Brown. So that's pretty good. Um, you mentioned Sanu being out for the, uh, for the Falcons, uh, Julio. What's the latest on who I haven't seen the latest on Julio. I know he was, Julio thinks he's going Julio thinks he's going to play the last I saw. So, uh, you know, maybe the, I don't need to raise the alarm as much as, as I thought with some of these other guys. Uh, let me see if I can get the, the latest here on Julio, but I, but I believe they don't expect him to miss any games. He's dealing with a, hip flexor injury and, and they're off, this week. Um, and, they, and they're off week yeah. five. So, um, you know, maybe this is a situation that we come back to and, and look at next week. Uh, I own Taylor Gabriel in a 14 team league, but I'm not, I haven't been starting him. If Sanu's out, then all of a sudden Taylor Gabriel, I start to think about starting, but it's also a league where I've got Des Bryant and Devonte Parker and Elshon Jeffrey. So I don't know if I just throw Taylor Gabriel in over any of those guys. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just Taylor, Taylor Gabriel's too boomer bust for me. Um, we did the other guy who's, um, whose status we need to check Devonte Adams latest is we're not sure. I mean, we, we think he's going to miss this week, right? Yeah. He's out of the hospital. Right. He had a concussion. Uh, the Packers have 10 days of time in between because they had the Thursday night games. So if there is a week to week concussion turnaround, if that's really all it is, um, then maybe he'll play, but I definitely keep an eye on his practice status. Cause that was a, that was one of the more brutal hits I've seen in my days watching football. Yeah. Mouth guard went flying, hit the ground. He, he was stopped and basically took a helmet to helmet shot to start with. And and they it was, it was clear immediately to those Packers on the field that he they needed to get the stretcher out right away. So it looked brutal. But fortunately for Devonte, fortunately for the Packers, it seems less like it's going to be less brutal than it looked. And uh, it's a situation worth monitoring. But again. That third wide receiver in an Aaron Rodgers offense is always ownable in fantasy formats. And if Adams misses time, then Allison is back in play. All right. And Allison is owned in 14 percent of Yahoo leagues. Um, the Niner receivers, a couple of them got a lot of targets last week. You mentioned Aldrick Robinson, I think, at one point earlier. Any interest at all? Um, the league would have to be very, very deep and yeah. I wouldn't spend more than a buck or two. I mean, these guys are in the mix. Hoyer had 49 pass attempts in that game. Carson Palmer, 51, that game took forever, of course. Uh, but Aldrick Robinson led the whole way with the 12 targets, only turned that into three for 52. So I'm sure some of that's on Hoyer. Robinson, you know, we mentioned Sanu injury a moment ago. He's had, you know, shades of usefulness in Atlanta when there have been injuries in the receiving core. But do I take the third or fourth receiver on the 49ers? Definitely not for me. All right. So uh, give me your top three wide receivers. Top three wide receivers. Well, I'd go back to Funchess if you can if you can get him. Um, I would give him the slight edge over Will Fuller, but it's very very close uh, with both of those guys. And I don't think I want to make a bid on anyone else outside of those top two. If I have to, I'd guess I go Jerron Brown. I see. I would go Jerron Brown first. They're playing at the Eagles, which is not great, but 
I like drum. I just love the volume here. Um, all right. Everybody, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek gets you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's pretty by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and just a few taps is very easy to use. I can instantly find seats. Jake, do you use uh, do, do you buy tickets on that kind of market to go see concerts, games, stuff like that? You know, I would have been uh, Saturday. I went to the uh, the Badgers Northwestern game, but I actually got got lucky and uh, had some friends with season tickets, and I got a free pair. So um, not this Saturday. But possibly uh, a couple other Badger Saturdays coming up. Uh, you know, I, I'll definitely give SeatGeek a look because hear a lot of good things about those guys. Yep, absolutely, it's great. It saves you, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare mm-hmm. prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available too. And best of all, new users get twenty dollars off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. Enter promo code ROTONFL today. That's promo code ROTONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. Thanks a lot, SeatGeek. All right, we're going to go to tight ends. Um, there's lots of tre- – okay, we're not going to drop this guy. But Jordan Reed, man, this is, this is bad. I mean, because yeah. he's not getting better, is he? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that lingering injury cloud around Jordan Reed, um, but just five targets in a game where Washington needed to do some damage. I mean, Kirk Cousins spreading the ball around a lot. He's been a he's been one of the better fantasy quarterbacks this year, but that doesn't mean a whole lot for Reed, who was outproduced by Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis had the one sixty nine yard catch, so that throws things off a little bit. But five targets for Jordan Reed. Uh, that's the same as Terrell Pryor, and nobody on that team got more than five targets in a game where they were behind, you know, kind of considerably for for a lot of this. So, um, so yeah, overall, uh, I wouldn't drop Jordan Reed. You got to you got to stick to him. But I'm not sure I'd be trying to buy low on him either. I mean, yeah, Vernon Davis actually, yeah, Vernon Davis had that one really big play, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, other drop candidates, um, Eric Ebron. I, I actually just in a league, I put a bit on someone else. Get ready. I was a big believer in Ebron before the season. And this is mm-hmm. just, I'm so disappointed here. Yeah. I've been a believer in Ebron for multiple seasons, but he continues to let me down. He just, uh, has never been, he's never been able to take that athletic ability that he had at North Carolina and that six four two hundred fifty 250 size that one would think would be good in the red zone. He's never really been able to take that and turn that into statistical production. Uh, and he, Darren Fells, this is, this is why I put him on here because I'm not saying go pick up Darren Fells. I'm not really confident in his fantasy production either, either. but Fells, who's probably a better blocker, um, had 20 more snaps on Sunday and Fells also had more targets and more yards than, than Ebron. So at this point, if Ebron's not even the number one guy on his team, can he even be in consideration for your fantasy team? That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, the other one, Mercedes Lewis, after all those touchdowns in London, he's he's back to being Mercedes Lewis, so we don't need to worry about him anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we warned you guys last week, but if you said, oh, screw those guys, they don't know what they're talking about, I'm picking up Mercedes Lewis, you can go put him back in the player pool. Yeah, this time we knew what we were talking about. Put him back where you found him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Bengals, uh, Tyler Eifert, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. 
Um, Who knows? It's a back injury, and it's apparently not the same back injury, but it's still a back injury, and he's still Tyler Eifert. You can't really count on him week to week. Right. But Tyler Croft, not too shabby in his uh, in his stead. Six catches for 68 yards and a touchdown against – it was the Browns. Yes, it was the Browns. So, you know, maybe cut that in half for what to expect from him in a normal week because the Browns are just atrocious against opposing tight ends this year. And uh, one of your picks kind of emphasized that again. But as long as Eifert is on the shelf, I think we see now that Croft is going to have some type of role. He's going to get targeted and he's going to get looks in the red zone. Um, Andy Dalton and the Bengals have struggled to score. And now that they've been able to score with Tyler Croft, I don't see them, you know, I don't see them finding a way to not go back to him on occasion. So is he startable? I mean, maybe he's borderline just cracking the top 20 tight ends. So right. not going to get started in a lot of formats, but ownable, most definitely. All right. Um, Charles Clay, our friend, is up to 67% ownership, by the way. So he's going to be tough to get at this point. But he's got 30 young catches in his last eight games, everyone. If he's available, you certainly want him. Mm -hmm. And with Jordan Matthews, uh, the surgery that you mentioned uh, earlier in the show, uh, Charles Clay is the best pass non-running back pass catching option they have. That's right. Um, The other guys we wanted to mention... Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, first two games back, nine catches, not too shabby. It's not like the Jets have a ton of other options. Um, they're at Cleveland this week, and Safarian Jenkins is 7% ownership. I think I, I'm, I'm buying this one a little bit. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I mean, if you're starting like an Ebron or someone like outside fringe top 15, I'd go ahead and go after Safarian Jenkins because the matchup this week is so excellent going against the Browns. So uh, I'm going to try to use him a little bit in daily. He was efficient this past week, catching all four of his targets. He caught five of his six targets in week three. Uh, So I think they're getting him a little more involved. 48 snaps week three, 54 week four, and then Browns. And then after that, the New England Patriots, who have had their woes defensively. Um, And then, you know, at Miami, Atlanta, it's a pretty favorable set of games coming up for Safari and Jenkins. And if you're dealing with an Eifert or a Reed and you haven't quite settled on their replacement yet, although you probably can't really bench Reed at this point yet, though, there's a decision. Safari and Jenkins gives you a nice two to three week window of upside with maybe some long term upside. A fresh start here after all those uh, tumultuous years in Tampa Bay um, might be just what he needed. All right. The other guy, Evan Ingram, still a shade under 50 percent ownership. Snap percentage is going up every week. Um, he's at 19 catches for 200 yards. And the thing is, it's been a steady production. It wasn't one blow-up game, right? It, it's just been a steady, exactly. solid. Eli's looking for him. He he seems to be – I mean, if you had to pick a Giants pass catcher besides Beckham, he'd be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the physical talent is most definitely there. And I always try to get myself one Rob Gronkowski league a year, but I always sweat like crazy every week in in case he's going to get hurt, which he usually does. Uh, But my backup in the league, in my Gronk league this year, is Evan Ingram, and I actually feel really good about that. So I I would say he should at least be on for your fantasy, or he he should be on your fantasy roster. And if you have to start him in any given week, you know, there's a decent chance he gets you 8 to 12 points, and I like that. All right, so uh, aside from Charles Clay, who's going to be tough to get, name name your one-two tight ends. My my one two tight ends. Uh, well, I guess Ing- Ingram would be one if he's there, followed by Croft because of opportunity. Okay. Uh-huh. If it if it's rest of season, if it's this week and this week only, Safarian Jenkins is probably number one. But I'm not 100 percent sold on him just because of the offense. I mean, yeah, the Jets are two and two, but <laughs> the, the the Jets and look at that offensive depth chart one more time to, to, before you consider adding too many. So. For week five, Safarian Jenkins, just because of the matchup. But I like Ingram and, and even Croft better, you know, over the next 10 weeks. 
Uh, by the way, folks, we mentioned, uh, Derek and I mentioned yesterday, the Giants have given up five touchdowns to tight ends so far. Um, however, uh, this week they've got Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates coming in, and they're both widely owned, and good luck figuring out which one of those is going to catch that touchdown against the Giants. Yeah. Um, defense, uh, drop-wise, the, well, you wrote to me, the Pats, that's a pretty, at this point, that's a pretty, you know, no thank you. Until they figure things out, yeah. no thank you. They can hit the waiver wire. I don't know if they're going to have to make a trade or what it is that they're going to have to do to get just just a little bit of help on defense, but it, it's just not cutting there. I started them again this week, quite unfortunately. I, I hate starting team defenses in fantasy football, right. but uh, anyway, it's part of the game. You got to play it. I don't think things are going to get any better on the road in Tampa Bay this week on Thursday night with the short turnaround. So, uh, you know, bye Felicia. We'll see you Pat's defense. <laughs> All right. Who, who are your favorite widely available defenses for this week? I don't mind the Raiders. They're only 32% owned, and they get a pretty lowly Baltimore offense at home. We talked about their woes in the past. Uh, Flacco's struggling. Their running game's struggling big time. Uh, I would go after the Raiders, and they always have, you know, with Khalil Mack on that defense, they always have a little bit of big playability. Who knows? Maybe they can maybe they can get a strip sack and get Flacco to cough it up or something along those lines. So I'd say Raiders are probably my top streaming candidate this week. Okay. Um, other ones, let's see. I mean, the Jets and Browns, the offenses are both bad. The Jets' defense is not bad, right? And Kaiser's throwing a ton of picks. Could, yep. could you? Would you? Maybe? Yeah, I mean, if, if, none of, if none of the other options are available and you're really committed to streaming defenses week to week, then I could see probably, you know, potentially uh, going with the Jets. I always have a really hard time picking the road team. Uh, you know, and I wrote down the Me Buffalo too. Bills as well, who are just 13 percent on going to Cincinnati. If you think Andy Dalton's a fluke, uh, maybe the Bills could be decent. They got a defensive touchdown against Atlanta, though. I thought that was a little bit fluky. Uh, but he, I really do not like taking the road team uh, in these situations. But if you have to, I think the Bills and the Jets are reasonable. The over under in both of those games is 39. So that's pretty low. And as far as that goes. So, uh, you know, at the very least, I don't think either of those teams are going to cost you or get you negative points this week so they become options all right um colts two percent ownership at home against brian hoyer yeah there's some desperation appeal there they probably (laughs) fall at the bottom of my list uh in that situation but uh I mean, it is an option. Uh, the 49ers offense hasn't been doing a whole lot. There aren't outside of Carlos Hyde. There aren't a whole lot of weapons there that scare me. All right. And the one the other one I was I was scanning through them. Initially, I said, what about it, it, Cutler has been and the Dolphins have been so bad the last couple of weeks. I thought of Tennessee at Miami, but no, I'm not going there because the Titans defense isn't doing a heck of a lot. Yeah, they did have a very rough, um, a rough outing against uh, against uh, a rookie quarterback. So that's always a little bit concerning. Uh, yeah, if, for the Titans here, uh, and there is some appeal, but I'd probably I'd probably look at the Raiders first. I think Raiders first. Raiders first. Who second? I'm gonna go Bills because I'm not a huge Dalton believer, but Got we'll it. see. Okay. All right, everybody, um, listeners to our podcast and get a free 10-day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out, rotowire.com slash pod. Jake, what else are you up to preparing people for week five? Man, I'm always tuning into football, but we got UFC 216 prep uh, this weekend, another big pay-per-view with two title fights on the line. 
Always working a little college basketball stuff, getting that all tuned up. So a ton of new content behind the scenes on Rotowire outside of that football here. But uh, we're going to keep going with waiver wire stuff. We're going to do a live chat on Facebook uh, later on today if you want to ask me any personalized questions. And uh, that's what the week's looking like for me. Go check that out on, on Facebook. Facebook Live's really cool because the questions keep – it's interesting. When it gets busier, it makes mm-hmm. it harder for you to answer the questions because they just stream like crazy. Yeah, exactly. And I try to get it in the time right about East Coast rush hours. So I'm looking at about 430 Central Time, 530 Eastern. So uh, something for you to check, uh, you know, maybe when you get home from work on the East Coast. But the video is always safe and I'm always happy to answer your questions, too, on Twitter at JakeSki52. Excellent. So, yeah, go check Jake out at Facebook on the Roadwire Facebook page at uh, late afternoon today. All right, everybody, uh, if you like this podcast, can you review it and rate it? Wherever you're listening, we'd appreciate that. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Our next episode will be on Thursday morning. We're going to preview all the games of week five, so please come on back and check that out. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.